There are over 700,000 sexual offenders in the United States alone. With all the social media these days, how can we protect ourselves and our children from these despicable predators? Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast, where we discuss criminal cases that involve some factor of abuse. Our goal is to spread awareness of abuse that could be taking place around any of us and encourage everyone to take responsibility and report if they see a child or an adult being abused. It was a typical Saturday night in 2005 for Lachelle Nance in Lake Worth, Florida. She was staying overnight at her godmother, Lisa Taylor's house. Lachelle shared a bed with Lisa's one-year-old grandson, and everything seemed to be just fine. But around 1 a.m., Lisa's daughter Danielle came to her and told her that Lachelle was gone. Frantically, she got up and they all searched the house. They found Lachelle's shoes sitting neatly by the front door, but the girl was nowhere to be found. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Rosie. And this week uh, we're talking about a case that we found on our favorite YouTube channel. <laughs> Crime Watch Daily. Yeah. And um, I want to apologize in advance because I'm really tired. And I hope that I don't put you to sleep. I want to apologize in advance because we're going to have tacos after this and I'm super psyched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we... uh we just wanted to say welcome to all our new listeners that we got this week. Um, we've had an amount of downloads that just blew our old daily record out of the water. So mm-hmm. so welcome to all of you new uh, people that I'm guessing heard us on the peripheral. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks again to Justin for letting us be a part of that amazing episode. So what are we talking about tonight, Rosie? Tonight we're talking about Lachelle Nance. Um, she was an eight-year-old girl. Her mother described her as a very smart and advanced girl for her age with a photographic memory. She was beloved by her mother, Michelle Humos, and her godmother, Lisa Taylor. And she was really good at remembering people's names. Which to me is really impressive because uh, that's hard for me. So after they searched the house and couldn't find her, Lisa called Lachelle's mom and asked if she'd picked her up. Michelle had not seen her and told Lisa that she was on her way there. Then they called the police, and they came quickly to assist in the search. Yeah, so it seems like a pretty intense situation. The police were on their way. Um, But once the police got there, uh, someone else that was living there at the time had brought up some things he had seen. Milagro Cunningham, uh, he was another kid that lived with Lisa, But he wasn't actually her son. He was a teenager from the Bahamas, and he never really had a stable family life. He was shuffled around from home to home. So when Lisa Taylor met him, she felt pity for him and really wanted to help her out. Mm -hmm. And she welcomed him into her home with open arms. So she's a really sweet person, it sounds like. Yeah, that shows a lot about her character. Yeah, and they treated him like part of the family. He really didn't have anything, so... Michelle Humos had gotten some clothes. Michelle is Lachelle's mother. Um, So she got some clothes from her boyfriend to give to Milagro, who was living with Lisa, who, as we said before, is Mm -hmm. Lachelle's grandmother. Yeah, a little bit. It's going to be hard to get the name straight. It's some parts of the story. 
The, yeah, the the mother's name is really similar to her daughter's name, but I wonder how they met Milagro. Yeah, I had wondered that too. Or how that came to be. Either way, it made you know made her look like a saint the way she cared for other people she didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, they really took good care of him, and he blended right into the rest of the family. But he told them he was suddenly awakened in the middle of the night by a noise. This was the night that. Lachelle disappeared. He saw a white man abducting Lachelle from her bedroom and driving off in a station wagon that looked just like their own car. He got up and ran after them for eight blocks and finally caught up to the station wagon. When he finally got to the car, four white males got out of it and started attacking him. They threw him to the ground and started kicking and punching him. He estimated the attack lasted around 20 minutes. Then they left him there. I find it a little weird that after all this happened, he wasn't the one that woke up Lisa in the middle of the night. But I don't know, maybe he was just exhausted from running eight blocks and then getting beat up for 20 minutes. Like, takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. That's a long time to get beat up, you know? Yeah. But we'll come back to his testimony later. Um, no matter what he told the police, Lachelle was still missing, and they just wanted to find her. She was an eight-year-old girl, and... Um, she wasn't even at her mother's house when she went missing, so it was, uh, Lisa felt really bad that she had lost the shell in her watch, and, mm-hmm. and so, um. People's, the police searched everywhere around Lisa's house. Within a few blocks of her house, there were some parks, a cemetery, and a landfill. The police searched all these places. They found nothing in the cemetery or the parks. Then they went to search the landfill. As they drove down the access road into the landfill, they noticed something really strange that gave them a pit in their stomachs. There was a small pair of underwear laying in the middle of the road. Close to that, they found a pair of shorts. That's when they realized they might be coming across the shell in this landfill. And chances are, she wouldn't be alive. Oh, that gives me a pit in my stomach just thinking about when you're searching for someone and you start finding their clothes laying around. Oh, yeah. Especially an eight-year-old girl who shouldn't have her clothes off outside of her house, you know. It's like, like, you know, something bad has happened. Right. As they made their way into the landfill, they searched around two massive dumpsters. Next to these dumpsters, they found a recycling bin on wheels, like the kind that we would use for a curbside trash pickup. Sergeant Michael Hall was on the team investigating, and he's the one that opened the lid of one of the bins and found a ton of concrete pieces stuffed inside. And this is odd because people don't usually throw away concrete in recycling bins like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of a weird thing to find in the trash. But as he looked closer into the bin, kind of just inspecting it, he was shocked by a heartbreaking sight. He saw a small hand sticking out from the bottom. His heart sank. They called Lisa's house to notify the family that Lachelle's body had been found. I can't imagine the feeling of that police sergeant opening the lid and finding that. I know. The fear. Ugh. Yeah, so... She was headfirst in the bottom of the trash bin, with concrete on top of her. Officers responded to the report of a body found and began securing the crime scene. Oh, and the way she's put in. I know. She was upside down in a fetal position, 
at the bottom of the bin, and they started the process of recovering her body. As they looked inside the bin, they noticed something that put a new urgency behind them. So here they're thinking, the girl's dead, dead and there's nothing they can do. But one of her fingers moved as they looked at her hand, and so quickly they kind of went into a frenzy and they started to remove chunks of concrete trying their best not to cause any further damage obviously Mm -hmm. i wonder how much weight that ended up being pressed against her body well it was a total of 197 pounds i think wow of concrete huh i wonder how she'd be alive (laughs) like in that position of being you know like your head down yeah well as we'll find out she was in really rough shape wow well, they got her out as fast as they could and got her medical help as soon as possible. The doctor later told them that she was within 10 minutes of her body shutting down. It was such a relief that the shell was alive, and now we could hear exactly what had happened from the girl herself. Yeah, so... 10 minutes. I mean... It was, it was a close... I mean... Super close. She was basically as good as dead without anyone finding her. Mm-hmm. I guess the human body can take way more than we give it credit for. Yeah, but here's what I get out of this. Whoever did this to her was just so unnecessarily cruel Mm -hmm. because they obviously intended to kill her because they piled a ton of concrete on top of her and just left her in the middle of this landfill, which was kind of out and off the road a ways, and then... They didn't even have the decency, thank goodness, to put her out of her misery before. She, I mean, just a pile thank of goodness that she, they didn't kill her beforehand, but it's so mm-hmm. cruel to, because that's torture, yeah. piling concrete well, on top of something. I'm like really freaked out about the upside down part. Oh, yeah. And then having concrete. Like, I that too. I hate being upside down. And all the blood's rushing to your head and you yeah. can't even move. Oh, yeah. This is Murderous Minors, Killer Kids, bringing you the frightening and truly insane tales of children with the thirst to kill. Kindergarten through 12th grade murderers. True stories thoroughly researched. Join us weekly for new tales of parents' worst nightmares on Murderous Minors, Killer Kids. So before we hear Lachelle's side of the story, I just want to revisit Milagro's testimony that we shared earlier. Uh, He told them that he was suddenly awakened in the middle of the night by a noise, and he saw a white man abducting Lachelle from her bedroom, then driving off in a station wagon that looked just like their own car. He got up and ran after them for eight blocks and finally caught up to the station wagon, and when he finally got to the car... Uh, the four white males got out of the car, started attacking him, threw him to the ground, started kicking and punching him, and this lasted 20 minutes, according to his testimony. Hmm. So, first of all, here's some stuff I find weird. He was awakened by a, a noise of someone bursting into the house, but why was no one else awakened by this noise? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of odd. And second... 
the abductor's car was exactly like the car in the driveway. Could be a coincidence, but there's more. Third, he told the police that he chased the car for eight blocks, and then he caught up to them, which that's a that really weird. That's a long ways to run. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I'm just super not fit and yeah. active, but eight <laughs> blocks seems like a really long run. <laughs> so after getting exhausted from this long run, he has four guys get out and beat him up for 20 minutes. And how does he outrun like run to the car how does he catch up with a car it's moving that that's a good question i don't know if they had a ton of stoplights or what but i mean first of all like we said it's a really long time to get beaten up mm-hmm. and if you were beaten for 20 minutes there's no way you'd make it out of it without all kinds of cuts and bruises but the police said the only thing that was disheveled about Milagro was that his shirt was torn I don't know about you, but to me, it seems like there that he was in more control of the situation than he made it sound. So chew on that. But um, we'll share Lachelle's side of the story now. So Lachelle woke up to someone touching her. She opened her eyes and saw that it was Milagro. He came up with a story to convince her to come outside with him. She didn't have any shoes or anything, just the clothes that she was sleeping in. So they walked out the front door... And as soon as they were outside, Milagro grabbed the shell violently and told her, If you scream, I'm going to hurt you. So, it, there was a reason he seemed suspicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how old is Milagro again? Uh, he was 17. Okay. Close to 18. Okay. So this is obviously wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, either way, even if they were both consenting adults, or if they were both Past the age of yeah, consent, right? There, it's still is an assault, and oh yeah, I know. I'm just thinking, predatory. Oh yeah, circumstances it's wrong on multiple levels. The house that they were staying at was a few blocks away from a landfill, and Milagro dragged Lachelle to it. He carried her inside and slammed her to the ground. He started punching her and beating her, and there was nothing that she could do to stop him. She tried screaming and fighting him off. But she was just a little eight-year-old girl. She eventually lost hope and stopped crying and moving because she realized that no one could hear her. Sadly, he started raping her as she was pinned down to the ground. Can you even imagine the horror of being violently raped by someone you thought you knew and you thought you could trust? And seeing that no hope is, you know, like there is no hope anymore. Yeah. And just giving up like that. No, I can't imagine it. Once he was finished with the sexual assault, he grabbed her throat and started to choke the little girl. Lachelle played dead. Well, this is a really smart thing to do, and I'm impressed with like the cunning of this eight-year-old girl because um, it's like the Shasta Groni case. A young girl was thinking on her toes, and she was able to act in a way that could save her life and kind of outsmart her attacker, but... Mm-hmm. If Lachelle would have kept struggling here, she not only would have worn herself out, but he may have kept choking her even longer. Mm -hmm. Playing dead may be the only reason that she was able to share her own story and survive. Remember, when she was found, she was within an inch of her life. So, I mean, smart girl. Every attacker is different, and every attacker will respond differently to what you do, but 
I can't imagine that the thrill will continue if you play dead, mm-hmm. you know, or it's just, it seems like the smartest thing to do. Not that people can really plan for it and think rationally while it's happening to them. Right. I mean, I can't even, I can't even fathom what I would be thinking and feeling if this happened. Well, as he threw her onto the ground the last time, she held her breath. He called out to her, trying to get her to respond, but she didn't answer. She just laid there with her eyes closed. Sounds like he was starting to panic. Yeah, or maybe make sure that the job was done. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know if he intended to kill her or what. Milagro, now realizing the magnitude of what he had just done, panics and starts trying to figure out how he's going to cover up his crime. He picked up Lachelle and threw her over his shoulder. He carried her to a recycling bin on wheels and threw her inside head first. He closed the lid and began rolling it with Lachelle inside. Ugh, like, the pressure being thrown in like that? You know know. he wasn't gentle. Even without the concrete. Probably knock you out. (sighs) And then he starts pulling her like he's taking the trash out to the road to sleep. Mm -hmm. He brought it over to a pile of concrete chunks. Then he started picking up these very heavy chunks of concrete and piled them on top of her so she couldn't get out. I can't imagine the pain of having these jagged, scratchy concrete chunks thrown on top of you. I mean, you know how rough the surface of those like cinder blocks and stuff are, like Mm -hmm. extremely coarse sandpaper on the outside? You could easily destroy your skin just rubbing it on one of these blocks, but having several of them carelessly dropped on top of you just after getting beaten, raped, and choked? I have no idea how this poor girl survived after what happened to her. No, when you take the time to really think about the pressure of each block being thrown on top of her, or, you know, yourself. Yeah. It just, it is really amazing that she was able to fight through it. And they were jagged chunk chunks, too, with sharp edges. They weren't, like, rounded and, ugh, it sounds horribly painful. As he was throwing these rocks on top of her, he kept saying, sorry, sorry, and then he would laugh. He piled on 197 pounds of rocks. So he was losing his mind, sounds like. Is he like mockingly saying he's sorry and laughing, or is he just like hysterically going from like excited to sorry, you know? Well, if he's laughing uh while he's basically finishing the murder of somebody yeah and saying sorry sounds like he's gone mad but that's just my opinion lachelle really thought that she was going to die as this was happening she couldn't move at all she laid there for eight agonizingly painful hours just try to imagine this frustration and helplessness that you would feel I mean, she was alive, but stuck under this rubble in a cramped trash bin. It was about the size of a home trash bin that we would drag out to the street, you know, for trash pickup. So even without all this concrete, you'd be really uncomfortable just laying in there. And she was head first, like you said earlier, she was upside down, which is uncomfortable by itself. But try to fathom eight hours of this. Mentally, I would go absolutely insane. I know. That's the length of a typical work day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, next time I find myself trying to, struggling to get through a day at work or bored because the day is dragging on, I'm going to think of this little girl and try to understand her agony. 
might make it easier for us to get through our day, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of reminds me of how it would feel to be, like, completely paralyzed mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. unconscious, you know? Because you're there, you're alive, and you're conscious of what's happening, but you can't move, you can't talk, you can't do anything. And it just sounds like one of the scariest things. So she laid there for eight hours, and she was feeling completely hopeless and helpless. She actually began to feel her life slipping away. Yeah, she was probably preparing like she was certain she was going to die. But then she started hearing faint voices. She thought it was just a dream. It was the sound she'd no doubt been hoping for nonstop for the past eight hours. But then they began pulling the rocks out from on top of her. One of the officers on the scene was actually crying as they pulled the rubble out. It's really nice to see a compassion in law enforcement like that. That's the kind of person that I would hope would get into law enforcement rather than someone hungry for power. Is someone that really feels that compassion and wants to help people. I don't know how you wouldn't cry after doing that. (laughs) It took four years for the trial of Milagro Cunningham to commence. During the trial, Lachelle's mom remembers seeing him sitting there with a disrespectful smirk on his face. She felt so much anger towards him. She really just wanted to hurt him, and this is completely understandable. Yeah. When we were watching... Uh, the video, she cracked me up when she was being interviewed on Crime Watch Daily. Uh, she said, I just wanted to get up there and beat the hell out of him. But you know they're not going to let you. <laughs> it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that is the part of the frustration of the legal process. Because everyone has that desire to get their own revenge on the people that have victimized them and their family. So... I mean, to me, it's completely understandable, and it's <laughs> awesome that she's honest about it. You yeah. Know? His defense tried to claim that he had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old and didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> How? <laughs> when you, even a seven-year-old would know that you can't throw concrete chunks on somebody. Yeah. Or throw them in a trash can. But as Lachelle's mom said, he knew to take the time to put rock after rock on top of Lachelle to cover up what he did. Yeah. And also, even if he did have the mental capacity of a seven-year-old, Lachelle was only eight, and she knew how to play dead. I I really wonder how they got the number seven while mm-hmm. fabricating this defense, because it's, maybe they wanted to make him seem mentally younger mm-hmm. than Lachelle. It's really sickening, because he's it's just total BS. Well, the jury didn't buy this crap. And in 2009, he was sentenced to four life terms in prison. So this was attempted murder. This is fair, right? You would think. But a year later, the U.S. Supreme Court decided that juveniles could only get life terms for murder and nothing less than that. Mm. So it didn't matter that he literally intended to kill her because she survived. He can... He now cannot be given a life sentence. And I don't understand this. It would have been a first-degree murder charge if she did die. He had plenty of time to deliberate as he attacked her and dragged her to the rocks and threw them on top of her and covered it up. But maybe I'm being too hard on him. I don't know. Yeah, I do see 
um, how you feel. I mean, just because she managed to survive and the police were there at the you know, exact right time to keep her alive, it doesn't really seem like he should get off because of those circumstances. Yeah. But at the same time, he is a minor and, you know, does yeah. it seem fair for a 17-year-old to, you know, be in prison the rest of their lives? That's true. To play devil's advocate, I mm. mean, she, he, like you just said, he was a minor and kids do stupid crap. So maybe it was because he panicked. Who knows? But there's just... I know. It's upsetting. It's such an unnatural thing to even have to think about. It's just frustrating. Well, Milagro was only 17 and two months old at the time of the attack. So this law applied to him, and they had to revisit his case in court. His defense kept on with the excuses of him not knowing what he was doing, and they were trying to use some health issues that he was having to keep him out of prison. Lachelle was present for this hearing, and it was crushing her to hear these people making excuses up for her attacker. She decided to testify. She made it clear that he took her childhood and took her life. The courtroom saw the pain that she was in, and this may have softened the judge's heart for her. The judge handed down a reduced sentence of 50 years, which, if he does have these heart and liver problems like his defense brought up, it could very well be a life sentence. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm personally 100% for re- rehabilitation and second chances, but for me, that's only for victimless crimes or maybe crimes committed by actual children and not someone a few months away from adulthood. You know, he terrorized this girl, and there's no doubt in my mind that he meant to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and, seemed like this was a premeditated plan, an idea. Yeah. That he was thinking of for quite a while. There's just no excuse for that. Well, Milagro is only 27 years old, and he's on dialysis and has a pacemaker. Lachelle's mother is convinced that this is karma. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That is kind of funny. That is young to have that. Well, maybe his defense wasn't making it up. Well, not the health problems, but the intelligence of a seven-year-old. It's a little bit of a stretch, if you ask me. Yeah. So Lachelle has not only dealt with all this pain in an incredibly brave and strong way, but she's used this pain to fuel a new passion to help this cause, and she's created her own nonprofit called Many Girls Like Us, which is a support system for victims of assault. She says many of the girls have her home phone number, and they text And they are there for each other. It's really cool to see. She's really glad to see that a lot of girls that aren't really comfortable opening up to others around them are able to trust her and open up to her. Yeah, I mean, we can understand that. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to talk about these things with people that you know IRL in real life. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And Not tech savvy enough. (laughs) Me neither. I just saw it somewhere. But... It's really cool that she can provide this hearing ear for someone that is more likely to trust a girl that's also been through a tough situation like this Mm -hmm. than someone that might not understand. Right, yeah. It's like um, we were talking to Kate the other day and we're sharing her story next week. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to spoil too much. But Mm -hmm. um, she had talked about how her mom really didn't believe her 
when she shared her trauma with her and and that could be more common than we think of non-supportive parents and stuff so it's it's really nice that she's providing this for other girls to have someone to open up to Mm -hmm. yeah we will link the facebook page and the website for lachelle's nonprofit, where you can donate to her cause or just support her page yeah it's really amazing to see such a positive thing come out of a terrible situation like this the struggles from a traumatic event like this never really leave you and no doubt lachelle is still and always will still be recovering from what happened But maybe go to her Facebook page and leave her some kind words of support to keep up the good work, you know. This is exactly the kind of person that we like to help promote and support on this show. And if you know of any people like this that have a similar story to her, please tell us about them. People that have taken rough situations and made something amazing out of it. Something that helps other people recover from similar situations. Because it's truly inspiring to us and, and... yeah, we think they deserve mm-hmm. uh, recognition for their own voice. Yeah, <laughs> for everything they do, because yeah, it's really it's an important thing to put into the world, and it's cool that she's doing it. Very cool. And that was a really short case compared to Robbie Wayne. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, it had a better outcome. <laughs> yeah. So glad that she survived and made something good out of what happened to her. Um, We've we've been talking about a lot of dark stuff, and it's just nice to see one with a happy ending. Right. But, I mean, we can't forget that even though she did survive, she is still scarred for life. You know, and that's why it's so, so difficult to, like, the whole victim versus survivor thing. Like, you can be a survivor and still, at times, be victimized by your own thoughts. And and so we really want to be supportive to people and and just be kind to everyone that we see. And because we never know what kind of traumas people have been through. And and I think that's a really good reason to just want to be kind to people. So we want to thank you for listening this week. Uh, If you enjoy our show, definitely subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And we would really appreciate a review review on Apple Podcasts because uh, we've heard that really helps out your show if you got good reviews. So, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, not a bad review, but a good review would be. Yeah, (laughs) we got a one-star review. and That's all right, that's all right. I don't mind that if that's what you think we deserve, but I mind I, it though. <laughs> if if I feel like if you leave a one star review, you should also be required to write a written Why? review, like like tell us what we need to work on. Mm-hmm. But whatever, Teach you're taking your, your time to critique our show, and we still appreciate that. So yep, um, go follow us on all the stupid sites, Instagram <laughs> at VOV Podcast. <laughs> And Twitter at VOVpod. Mm-hmm. And email us at VOVpodcast at gmail.com. 
if you want to share your personal story with us. Check out our Patreon page. Yeah. If you really love our show, you can help support us on Patreon. And we just ordered our first two shirts that we're going to pick up next week yeah. for ourselves. And try them out. <laughs> and if you like them, because we'll probably post them on Instagram, and you can DM us to get your own. Yeah. And like I said, we're always open for DMs on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, and course our email so yep if you ever need to talk to us that's how you can get a hold of us <laughs> so well thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week yeah time for tacos <laughs> <laughs>